0: You're listening to Hey Bitches Podcast, episode 147. What's up, you guys? It's your girl, Carly, and welcome to Hey Bitches Podcast. Each week, we get together and chat through sex and dating, health and wellness, navigating every season of your life, and so much more. Think of Hey Bitches as your weekly get-together with your besties to explore new perspectives, take away new knowledge, and level up your life. Are you ready? Let's get into the episode. Hey, bitches. What is up, you guys? It's your girl, Carly. Welcome back to Hey, Bitches Podcast. I hope you guys are having an incredible day. Today, we are sitting down and we are talking all about why I stopped dating men, why I was questioning bisexuality, how I came out as a lesbian, and so much more. This is definitely an episode that I have teased in a couple different episodes. And today, we're finally sitting down and we're going to talk about it. And there is like a lot to say and a lot to go through. So without further ado, let's get into the episode. I will say I just recorded like 15 minutes of the podcast making all of these points already and then I realized that my camera's autofocus was like no actually we're not gonna work today so I am recording refilming this uh intro right now so uh let's get into it okay so surprise surprise if you didn't know especially too because when I first started this podcast I was just dating men I was dating men I was sleeping with men I was everything was just like with men and up until that point I had literally only seen men I originally Started this podcast because I was seeing this guy and I wanted to essentially have a place to kind of like shit talk. And if you've been on the podcast for quite a while, you'd be like, okay, yeah, I remember that. And if you are a long-term podcast listener, you would also remember probably in like June. I think it was June twenty twenty one was the year that I had a whole month of pride related episodes and I talked about my own bisexuality journey and how I came out as bisexual, quote unquote, because I didn't actually think I really even came out and also kind of like where I was at in that moment but to give you kind of a TLDR if you haven't listened to that episode or you don't know I think I've identified as bisexual like my whole life I definitely had identified as bisexual my whole life however there was one kind of like incident or like life-altering event where I think I was almost kind of having a gay awakening when I was younger like probably like 11 or 12 but I had this like traumatic incident in my life, that like repressed that, and uh, I think continued to set me on the path of, you know, dating heterosexually. And so, When I was younger, I had kind of like a not great family dynamic for a little while. And I don't mean that in like the way of my blood family, but I mean that in the way of my sister's dad. So essentially like my stepdad at the time was like an awful person, still is, still hate that man to this day. But he was like super emotionally abusive and super like financially abusive and also like extremely narcissistic. When I was younger, like I was young when him and my mom met, I think I was only like 10. And then me and my sister are 10 years apart. So I think he was in our house probably for like seven years or something like that. But essentially I had like a hard time because obviously if you are familiar with narcissistic parents, it's uh, not a good time. And so I was having, I don't even remember why I was like freaking out, but it obviously, it just like kind of makes sense having like such a awful narcissistic person in your life that I'm so not surprised that I was even having breakdowns every fucking day, but I was having one. And um, I don't remember why this even happened or what the fight was about, but I know it wasn't about this, but I was getting the, the walls in my, Room painted, I think, like a week later after I had this like experience (laughs) as it related to my sexuality. And so I was like freaking out, I was being rebellious. And um, I wrote on the wall, Would you hate me if I liked girls? Also, I'm so sorry if you can hear the sirens in the background. Um, I don't know what's going on. So, anyway, it said, Would you hate me if I liked girls? And I went away after that. I think I had dance or something. I like left and I came back hours later. And underneath it, also written on the wall, it said yes. And it was like a, now looking back, obviously my hindsight is twenty twenty, but looking back it was like a traumatic event for me because that's wild to see considering that I knew it wasn't my younger sister who I think was literally one year and I don't have any other siblings. So it either had to be my mom or my stepdad. And obviously now that I'm older and you know I have a girlfriend and stuff like that, I know it was not my mom. However, I think that that day... Anything that was like remotely a gay awakening or a non-heterosexual type of script in my life died because I was literally staring at something that was shutting down this part of me that I honestly hadn't even discovered or really considered up until that point. And I was like, okay, well, my family would hate me if I was gay. And they clearly have outlined that here on this wall. And uh, 11-year-old me was like, sure, Heard you. And uh, it was traumatic. I mean, looking back, I I don't think I fully grasped or understood what that situation was like, especially because I think really up until that moment, like I wasn't closeted. I didn't like know I was gay and I was rebelling because of that. Like I didn't feel any of those types of way. I think I just was testing the waters somehow. Like I, that's how I, I knew to do it. I really don't know because even now, like I never felt closeted. i never felt like I was doing something wrong, or like I was living a a wrong life. But I can definitely see how, looking back, that maybe stifled coming into my queerness as a person to essentially be met with something that was such a shutdown so early on in my life. As I kind of continued to grow up, I would say in my teens, like my 17, 18, 19 kind of age range, like I always kind of knew I was attracted to both men and women at that point. Like I, thought women were hot. I thought men were hot, but I never was actually like acting on it, especially because at that time in my life, I was in like a super long-term relationship for like five years. And then another one for like, 3 years after that going up until I was like 21. So, I was like only seeing men and I had no problems like flirting with women or kissing women or anything kind of like that. I feel like I definitely <laughs> accidentally played into the whole like, oh, we're drunk, let's make out trope, but it was never to like impress men. In like when I think back on it, I was like, okay, yeah, like I'm going to kiss this girl like and You know, there's so many like problems with that. But essentially it was like in my head, I was like, yeah, I'm going to kiss this girl. It doesn't really mean anything wild to me. It's not like I'm not attracted to women, but also I'm not doing this for like the validation of men or for like men to think it's hot. I don't know. It was just kind of like happening. It was just kind of there. I was just like, okay, this is just like my reality. And then once I got out of my relationship, which was uh, almost Five years ago now, and I was in the dating app scene, I had all of my dating apps set to both men and women. Like it's not like I was suppressing a part of me or I was like just doing like just diving off the deep end one way or another. I was always kind of there, but I had never taken the initiative or like had the initiative kind of taken on me to date women. And frankly, I think it's because men are like a thousand times easier to finesse, a thousand times easier to date, a thousand times easier to find. They always like complain about, how like women have the best options on dating apps because there's so many men and like you can kind of do whatever. And like, it's true. And it was so easy, especially if you listen to any of the podcast episodes when I was doing the game where essentially I had a player roster and stuff like that. And I was just like being chaotic and seeing all these men because it was so easy. Like literally, I think to this day, (laughs) I can download a dating app right now, set my like settings to men and have a date tomorrow. Like that's how easy it is. And I went that way because I was like, okay, well, it's fucking like, it's easy. I don't have to put in the work. I can go on dates. I can do these things. I also too was going through a lot of periods of self-discovery. As I've talked about in the podcast, I was going to therapy. I was healing my relationship trauma, was healing my family trauma and stuff like that. So I'm sure that definitely played a part in it, but it was just like dating men was the easier option, like truly the easier option. If I wanted to have sex, I could make it happen. If I wanted to go on a date, I could make it happen because men were just like a thousand times easier to finesse. Simply put, at the end of the day, something that I also found myself doing, which kind of like looking back now that my hindsight is 2020, there were like small little inklings along the way, but I didn't have like one really big moment where I was like, oh, like maybe I'm gay. It was just like small things that now obviously looking back, I'm like, oh, that that does kind of make sense. And one of them was towards the end of me dating men, I only really was dating bisexual men. And it was kind of just like preference and not in a way where I was like, oh, if you're straight, then like we can't like go on a date or anything. But I just found myself dating a bunch of bisexual men. Looking back, I think it's because it was like kind of comforting and nice to be around someone who was actively bisexual because also too, at this point, like I hadn't gone on dates with women. I hadn't slept with women. I haven't, I hadn't done any of those things. And it was nice to kind of be like bisexual adjacent because obviously me and them were in like a stereotypical heterosexual engagement. However, these men were also actively bisexual and seeing other men. And so it made me feel Like I was like participating in bisexuality via them. Like I was like bisexual adjacent. And this isn't me saying like you like have had to date a woman to be bisexual, like or like anything like that. But that was my my own experience at the time is like I felt more attached to my bisexuality when I was dating another bisexual person or like seeing another bisexual person, even though I'd only had straight relationships and straight relations up until that point. And so you guys know, (laughs) because I've recaptured on the, on the podcast so many times, but I was seeing a lot of men, a lot of things were chaotic. And April of last year, I was living in LA. So I was in LA for like a month and I had one like super, super chaotic situation where I actually talked about that on the podcast. It's called like Derby Man San Diego and whatever, like something about that. It's an LA recap. It's like a recent-ish episode because the podcast did take a little bit of a hiatus. I talked about that and how like chaotic it was and, and whatnot. And then I went back to Canada and that man ended up being the last guy I literally ever slept with. And it wasn't intentional. It just like happened to work out that way because one day in May, I literally woke up and I was like, This is not for me anymore. And the wildest thing is I came home and then I didn't see anyone after that. Like I didn't sleep with another man. I had no like desire. I obviously think it was because I was essentially like quote unquote moving home. I was exhausted. I was getting back into a regular routine. Like I wasn't looking to date or like hook up or like see people. But he ended up being the last person that I literally ever slept with. And like I said, I woke up one day in May and I was like, okay, well, like, I don't think I want, I don't think I want to do it again. Like, I I don't think I want to do it again. And this is the moment that uh, I realized that compulsory heterosexuality was kicking my ass. So my problem was it wasn't that I was closeted or I was in denial or I had like these huge traumatic events that made me not want to be my real self or anything like that. I literally was just like getting beat up by compulsory heterosexuality. And that was also combined with my need for validation at that time, which I've talked about in the podcast before about like relationship therapy stuff that I went through and how I was struggling with that and how I overcame it and stuff like that. And I think the The combination of those two, like my constant need for male validation, along with compulsory heterosexuality, kicked my ass for so long that I literally just didn't get it until one day a switch just kind of flipped for me. And it's funny, I think that I bring that up, especially like the need for male attention or male validation, because I actually ended up reading The Lesbian Master Doc after I listened to a podcast episode, funnily enough, um, with my friend Emma on this podcast. It's called Later Day Lesbians. We had a whole episode about how she came out later in life and I listened to it back and it was so funny because obviously I'm in the episode giving my own like opinions and stuff on the episode at the time, but listening to it back like three years later, I was like, oh my God, I'm now having the same experience. So that was really cool because I essentially got to like blast back to the past and be like, okay, yeah, this does make sense for me now. So I listened to that and I was like, oh yeah, I can see this now. And something in that episode was like, you should read the let's and master doc. So I did. One of the biggest ones that kind of stood out for me was the need for male validation, but not in like a, it's tied to my self-worth type of way, but in the way where it's like, if I can get all this attention from men, then it like tells me that I'm like a good heterosexual like catch or like match of a person. I know that one specifically is something that I think a lot of other lesbians have gone through. It actually is something that I listened to on a podcast episode with uh, Mac Injmi about how she was like, well, I had boyfriends to attract Girls, And they were like, oh, well, you must be like hot and attractive if you're like dating all of these men Like I want to be around you because you are dating all these men and uh, I heard that and I was like damn that also is is very true because I never felt like I had self-worth issues with like men not liking me, especially too, because I viewed it so much as a game. Like it was so easy. Like it was really formulaic. Like I even came on the podcast and told you guys about how I was like doing a Google form and getting people to like pitch themselves to me. I think back to that and I'm like, that was really like actually like a formula and it was just a game and I was just like having fun. I didn't expect to find like a real partner in doing that. So as I like flipped through the lesbian master doc, I was like, damn, a lot of these really make sense. Because also too, one of the biggest ones that stuck out for me was like only really having like crushes on celebrity men or like almost unattainable men, because then you can have the crush, but you know, it probably isn't going to happen, but you can be like, oh, well, I think this person is like super hot. And now like, Looking back on that, there definitely are like qualities of these men that I'm like, yeah, this is sick. But like, there's people that I look back on now that I'm like, I don't know how I was like riding so hard for this person. Not because they're not attractive or anything, but like, I look back and I just don't feel the same. I just don't feel the same way at all. And that was also another big one that stuck out to me in the Lesbian Master doc that I kind of realized after reading it that I was like, damn, like Compad is really fucking me up, and it has until this point. And so that was all May of 2022, and then. Flash forward to June of 22. Literally June 1st, I started talking to this amazing non-binary person. I was having a great conversation. It was like my first real non-heterosexual encounter. And it, I'm like so lucky that it was fantastic. Like this person and I still kind of converse to this day, but I'm so lucky that it was like such a good first date experience first like dating experience in queer dating because I know that a lot of people can have like poor experiences but I really had a fantastic experience and I'm really grateful for that person and for what I learned and like the communication style and like being so open and vulnerable especially being having to be like okay well yeah like I've gone 26 years of my life but I like have never had sex with a person with a vagina or anything like that like and it makes me insecure like I was having these conversations and I was like So grateful that my first experience with this person was just so accepting and like genuine and heartfelt. And I had a really like great relationship with them. And I'm very, very, very happy for that. So if you're listening, thank you. Shout out to you because it really meant a lot to me, especially on my, you know, my queer journey. And so that ultimately didn't end up working out because we definitely wanted. Different things. <laughs> I'm not really going to go into that. But June 2022, like I said, is when I really started to dive more into queer dating. And that is ultimately when I met my girlfriend. I laugh telling this story because I tell it and I feel like the elder gays are like, oh my God, of course, you literally came out and you immediately met someone. And I have a lot to say about this. And I'm sure me and my girlfriend will have a lot to say about this when we do our podcast episode. But I really, essentially, I met my girlfriend so stereotypically at Pride. And we started dating like a month later. Now there are so many stereotypes about like being a U-Haul lesbian and all of those things and meeting like literally your first person and then dating them and I think that's definitely the one that was like fucking me up for a while because so many people are like oh like you're gonna meet someone you're gonna start dating them and it's gonna be like your first queer heartbreaker it's gonna be your first xyz and I still kind of feel like sure That definitely happens for some people. However, I did get into a relationship pretty early after coming out. I like fell into that stereotypical category there. But for me, especially because you guys know this, I've gone through so much therapy and I've healed so much relationship trauma that... I'm at a point where I'm like, I'm in a relationship because I am healthy and I want to be in a relationship versus I came out and I'm so desperately in need of queer validation that I need to be in a relationship. Some people are like that. I'm not saying that's a a bad thing or like, you know, it's not an experience that other people have, but that just simply isn't my experience with my own personal relationship. I'm in this relationship because it's a great relationship that I, I was ready for and we're both like equally invested in, not like I just came out and I'm like desperate to be in like any form of queer validation. Going back though to like first kind of, Meeting women and like flirting with women and stuff like that. I let me be the first to tell you That was so much harder for me than it was talking to men Obviously the way that I talked to men or talked about men earlier is like very formulaic It was a game. It was easy I know I could do xyz and I would get one two three kind of out of the process But with women, it was so much harder for me because one I realized I actually liked them and two Like the dynamic is just so different women are just like so much more in tune and, like, easier to talk to, and they just kind of get it. So it honestly was kind of scary. It was kind of scary, especially, too, because, like I said, I... Hadn't hooked up with women. I hadn't like gone on dates with women. I'd kissed women, but not in like an intentional way And I was like, oh, this is kind of scary Like I feel like i'm in a situation where i'm like starting fresh like from scratch and that made me nervous It was like honestly very nerve-wracking, but I did come out of it I think that also too like i'm a really good flirt Like i'm very confident with it But it was like taking it to that next step after like just flirting that was so terrifying Because I was like, I don't know what to do Like I don't know how to navigate this I can do the whole like we're in a group and we're flirting and we're whatever type of thing, but like whatever comes after that, I don't know. I've never been here before, so that was terrifying. It was scary, and um, I'm not saying this to discourage you, but that was just my experience. It was, it was kind of, it was kind of scary. <laughs> it was kind of scary. Girls are kind of scary, especially too, because you're like, wow, this is so much better than dating men, and that was my experience. And like I said, I met my girlfriend at uh, the end of June, and we've been dating obviously ever since. But as I continued to date my girlfriend, and obviously we're still dating um, to this day. So as I'm continuing to date my girlfriend, I not only realized how incredible it is to be like well and truly loved by someone, because I think up until that point, I hadn't experienced like real connection love. And that has been a whole uh, discovery on its own but not only had i had i realized like what it actually is to be loved i also was like really going back and forth for, for the first couple months of uh our relationship on if i actually liked men or not still like if i was still kind of bisexual cuz also at that point i like knew i was like i don't think i want to date men anymore but also at the time i was like can i even be a lesbian or like do i just continue to identify as bisexual or like queer or like what is my label and you know labels are fantastic for some people, and for some people they feel like a prison, and we'll kind of get more into that. But I was really struggling with that. I was like, I don't really know like what to do or, or how to identify. And I think in that time, I was like, if I could put a label on it, it, would make me feel better, and I would be able to navigate it a little bit better. But I was struggling. I really had no idea because I had so many years and years and years of these heterosexual experiences with men, and I'd only had like three experiences with women before I started dating my girlfriend, and I was like, I like, I just I just don't know. I think one of the hardest parts of that is that I almost had like a residual fear of my straight past and also being like non-questioning about this. We talked about this earlier, how like I never felt like I was closeted. I never felt like... I had a big secret or I was in denial or I I was doing it just like because everybody else was doing it like intentionally. I never felt like I was not supposed to be doing what I was doing in that moment. You know, I was never I was I was essentially like straight and non-questioning. And honestly, like that made me very like deeply insecure in my queer identity, especially because there are so many negative tropes out there about bisexual women. And, you know, they date one woman and they start dating men again. And the, you know, toxic part of the queer community is like, oh, you're not actually bisexual. You just wanted to like mess around and da, da, da. Like there's all of those negative voices that are, you know, swirling (laughs) in that, in that camp, in that group. And also too, like, The tropes about coming out in later in life and also like crippling fear of being judged and what that looks like to date later in life, especially because I feel like I have like a unique perspective on this personally being a person who is a minority because I felt Kind of the same way in that moment of being like, well, I hate when people try to ask me to explain my black trauma or they try to get me to teach them all about this thing. And I almost kind of took that and I internalized it with being queer. And I was like, well, I can't ask these people to teach me how to be this thing. Cause I hated it so much in my other identity, which is being black. And I was like, oh, I, I feel like in, in for me personally, it was like a, a same type of thing where I was like, I didn't want to do that to other people. Cause I know I don't want people to do that kind of overarching like thing to me I had this deep fear of being judged I had this like deep insecurity because I was like previously straight and also to like coming out later in life or doing really anything later in life like making friends later in life and and stuff like that is hard and I was like this is gonna be so much harder than if we were younger and we were all fucking up and like you know growing up and growing together like you already have such an established life at this point this is me talking to me you already have such an established life at this point it's like how the fuck do you figure it out from there. And so that was like me for quite a while in my relationship for definitely like a couple months was trying to figure out where I kind of, of landed and, and was navigating this new reality of my life because I really did know, like, I don't think I want to date men anymore, but obviously there were those like crippling fears of of my past or like judgment or anything like that really did kind of hold me back and it made me kind of question my identity in this queer journey for like a hot minute for like a while. However, I did have some moments of clarity and I kind of wanted to share them. So these were my moments of clarity on my past bisexuality. Now that I kind of confidently identify as a lesbian, and now that I confidently identify as the fact that I probably won't date a man again, but this is kind of where I gain clarity around my bisexuality, queer identity, kind of just like floating in the wind situation when I was trying to label myself. So something that I was really struggling with for a while is that I thought if I found men attractive, that I was inherently not gay. Like if I was like, oh, that is a hot man. I was like, oh, well, obviously that is still me being bisexual and being attracted to men and like being in that like straight past camp. However, as I continue to date my girlfriend, like there's been a couple times where we've both been like, that is an attractive man. And my girlfriend has been a lesbian for her whole life. And so that was kind of comforting for me specifically, because I was like, oh, well, you can still find men attractive. You can still find people attractive, like physically attractive, but you don't have to be like romantically or sexually attracted to them because you find them appealing to your, eyes. And honestly, this was like a huge, huge moment of clarity for me because I feel like for once in my life, I can like look at men And I can appreciate them like for what they are standing in front of me. And I say that in a way where in the past I would be like, oh, well, I think this man is hot. And then the compulsory heterosexuality wheels would start turning in my head. And I'd be like, is this somebody that you would want to date? Is this somebody that you would want to have sex with? Like I literally could not just be like, oh, I think they're hot. I would have to like want to act on that thought and obviously this does kind of go back to the need for validation for like soothing the fact that I was straight identifying and that I was supposed to be doing these things and going through the motions and thinking like every person I thought was hot or every man that I thought was hot was like a person that I needed to like, be with or date or like have sex with. And having that moment of of clarity of like, I could literally just think they were attractive without that needing to mean that I needed to date them or I needed to like have sex with them was, was a huge moment of clarity for me. I felt like I could finally like, compartmentalize like this person is simply just attractive and I also am not attracted to them. Another big moment of clarity for me is uh, we brought it up earlier and this is around sex and I've talked about it on the podcast before in like the sex toys and masturbation episodes about how I was like I am an internally stimulated person so that means like I get more pleasure from internal stimulation whether that be at the time like with a penis or if it's like fingers or a sex toy or anything anything like that I was more internally stimulated and I stood on that hill for years and years and years and I'm still like on the hill but I would constantly always say that. And I've put my full chest behind it on this podcast. I've, I've said it to so many men in the past. I've said it to so many of my friends. Like I have always been the person that has said like, I don't really get external stimulation. So like clitoral stimulation, I'm like mostly an internal stimulation kind of girl. Now, like I said, I'm still kind of on the hill. Um, it's still true. I do get like great internal stimulation, but what is funny that I actually learned is that, um, I realized I actually just didn't like having sex with men that much. And I also never really wanted to engage in foreplay in any way where they were touching me because I knew that they would probably suck. Like if we're just being honest, a lot of men are not good at sex, but I knew they would probably suck. And then I knew that I like also wouldn't enjoy it that much. And then on top of that, I was like, well, we can just skip this whole part because, you know, they would probably suck and I wouldn't enjoy it. But I knew that I enjoyed like internal stimulation, which obviously when you have a penis and a vagina is like way easier because you just do it. It's just like then and there, you know, there's no like strapping up. There's no anything. It's just you do it. And so that was a really big, Like looking back indicator for me. I was like, oh wow. Like, I would constantly say, I've actually talked about this on the podcast before, where constantly said like I'm not like really big into like somebody eating me out like I'll let them do it if they want to and if it's for fun and like they're having a good time but I'm not I don't like need it it's not something really for me which is hilarious because I actually do think that a lot of people who are normally internally stimulated especially when they masturbate alone are for the most part externally stimulated or like literally stimulated and I was like wow okay so I only wanted internal stimulation when I was with men because it was like the easiest way to kind of get there, but alone I can like, (laughs) I can like relish in, in external stimulation just fine. Like I'm, I can do it just fine myself. And, uh, that was also like a, a, an eye opening moment for me. And so since I had those thoughts, I, I've realized that I still love internal stimulation to this day. I am way more sensitive to external stimulation now. And I also like my Dick's harness. But no, actually, this was like a really eye opening experience for trying to gain clarity on my bisexuality and where I kind of stood when it came to that as I was like struggling to label myself. And this, I think, was a very, very large eye opening one for me because now I'm having great sex and I don't feel like I constantly have to like have these things that I had to have in my heterosexual encounters and I'm having like way better sex than I really ever have. So (laughs) that was very, very eye-opening for me. And if you're struggling in the same type of way or going through the same type of thing, maybe that's worth considering. The third thing, the third and final thing about like clarity around my bisexuality and how I kind of got to the place that I am now is that the thought of actually ending up with a man and dating it like getting married to a man or getting partnered for life with a man makes me like physically ill. like it like gives me the full body ick it it gives me the full body ick to think that I would wake up with like a cis man like um, a man (laughs) like even saying that like out loud I would not like it I like I've realized like I would not like it I love the dynamic I have with my girlfriend I love women I you know I realized like once I did that, I really could never go back because dating women and dating men is like a whole different sport. The men for me personally, they'll never compare. Like dating men will always be subpar to any type of queer experience I've ever had. That really made me realize like when I think about my future, I just don't think about men. And it's so funny because I've talked about this on the podcast too. I think when it comes to my manifesting for the new year episode, where I've talked about how so many people are like, write down a list of like qualities that you want in a man and like what you want your future husband to be. And I always, always, always struggled with those types of lists. Cause I would be like, I don't know, like I already make good money. I already, you know, have a great career. I don't want to be a stay at home mom. I don't want to be like a person that's relying on my husband to be the breadwinner of the family or like anything like that. And I would always, 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 always struggle to write those types of lists and other people I know would write them flawlessly and super easy. And I realized it really was just because I didn't want to date men. I didn't want to write down a, this is what I want in my future husband list. Cause I didn't want a future husband. And that was also like a, a small like moment of clarity where I was like, Oh damn, that's really why I couldn't do that for years. Even though I was like actively trying to be in a relationship and fall in love. I was just trying with the wrong, the wrong persons, <laughs> the wrong people. I was just trying with the wrong people. So that being said, what do I identify as now? I talked about this kind of sprinkled in the episode, but I do think that I identify fully as a lesbian now. We talked about labels a little bit earlier and about how I was kind of struggling with them. And I wanted to kind of touch on that again because labels, I think, can be a 50-50 thing. I think there's one camp, which is kind of the camp that I was falling into, that they like labels because they feel like it's a place where they can kind of belong and it brings a lot of clarity to them. So for me, labeling myself as a lesbian like makes me really feel like this is right. Like this is a great place to be. And I enjoyed that. I didn't, I enjoyed like the process of finding the clarity around that and figuring it out and that kind of thing versus the other camp when it comes to labels, some people hate them. Some people are like, I don't want to be labeled. I, I just want to exist in life and do those things. And that's totally fine too. But for me personally, working through that journey and like finding the label of lesbian was very affirming to me. It was very sexuality affirming. It made me feel better about, you know, the journey that it took me to get here and everything kind of in between. And so now I identify as a lesbian. I still sometimes will have moments of self-doubt where I'm like, what if me and my girlfriend like break up? What happens next? I say right now, okay, yeah, like I would want to date another woman, but like what happens if I like get swept off my feet by a man and that's maybe, maybe we'll have another episode about that in the future. Who knows? But I definitely do kind of still struggle here and there. And I don't necessarily even think that's a bad thing. Obviously sexuality is such an individualistic thing. And I know that we do have a lot of fears because there's so many like negative tropes and negative stereotypes, especially around being a lesbian and a lot of like harmful language around being gay just in general like being like a gold star like never having slept with a man or anything like that is like a lot of harmful language and there's a lot of people who are really scared to identify that way because they think they're going to get that backlash in that form and it's going to invalidate their own sexuality and their own feelings but honestly sexuality is such like a personal thing Gender expression is such a personal thing. Queer or anything is just such a personal thing. And so for me right now, it feels really good to label myself as a lesbian because that's how I feel. And also, too, I mean, we just had a whole podcast discussion and conversation about how I've really come to this point in my life. And it makes me feel great. I feel very happy about it. I feel like it just really makes sense. Like now that I look back at so many things and I feel like I've clicked into the lesbian culture so Easily because it's almost like I've kind of been skirting the lines for so so long, and it just feels like a home for me. It feels comfortable. It feels euphoric. I feel happy. I'm like really grateful to be here, and I'm I'm very happy to have finally figured it out. I feel like, like I said, I'm experiencing love in a way that I never thought I would. I'm so grateful to have such an incredible partner. I have so many amazing queer friends that I didn't have before that I'm so grateful for, and I just feel. I feel like I have this whole new community that I love that I'm having a great time with and I'm really grateful and I'm really thankful for that and I'm I'm just happy that I've Gotten to this point. And with that, it does take us to the end of the episode and kind of my update on my sexuality and where I see it going from here and everything kind of in between. And I'm really happy that I got to do this episode and I'm happy that you guys got to this point to listen to it. This was an eye opening experience for me. It hasn't even been a full year since I like fully came out. And on one hand, I can totally believe it. On the other hand, like I can't believe it. I feel like I settled into this space so quickly and so easily it's like such a large part of my identity It's literally just like I breathe it now And I don't question it And it's wild to me That it hasn't even been a year But I feel just so correct In the space And I'm, I'm really grateful for that So I hope you guys Enjoyed this episode And I hope you guys Learned a lot I hope you guys enjoyed My little life update That we have going on here Especially because You know this is the The new season for Hey bitches The season of change The season of growth The season of growing together And uh, what would I be If not someone who also had a comeback and a massive life shift. That is it for today's episode. I really hope you guys enjoyed it. If you did, make sure to screenshot this episode and share it over on Instagram and tag me at Hey Bitches Podcast. I would absolutely love to chat shit in the DMs with you guys about today's episode. You can also find Hey Bitches over on YouTube where you can watch the episodes every single week at youtube.com slash at Hey I would absolutely love if you went over there, you checked it out, you subscribed, and you hung out with me over on YouTube. Before you go, make sure to subscribe to Hey Bitches wherever you listen to podcasts. And if you are an app, Apple Podcast listener, make sure to give the show a five-star rating and review. It really does help me out. It's how shows get discovered, and I would really appreciate it. I love you guys so much. I hope you guys have an incredible day. I will see you next Tuesday. And for now, bye-bye, bitch.